amen. Well, if you have your Bibles, I'm not going to do any PowerPoint here because I just want to uh, let you guys all to dig in and, 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 and not have any of that. So we just have a motion background. But uh, the first scripture is 1 Corinthians 2.8. But the scripture we're going to focus on, you can pull this up on your tablets or your phone if you like. We do have free Wi-Fi in here. Uh, hopefully it's good enough speed. We did increase it. Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 15. But let me just say this. Uh, I subtitled this me message, Authorize. Can we just say that? Say, Authorize. What does that mean, Pastor Megan? What does it have to do with tonight? Authorize, actually, definition means sanctioned by authority. Legal or official approval. Ordered or allowed by those in authority. And God, if you get anything about here tonight, has already authorized you. Yeah. Has already authorized you to be agents of change for his purposes in his kingdom in your life. So in other words, you're, you should not be walking around, watch this, with a red light. I hate red lights. I like green lights, amen? amen. I know I shouldn't say hate, but I don't really, I dis, disdain red lights. But I like, you know, green lights. And your Christian walk should be a green light. Amen. And if God wants to stop you or hold you back, then he'll pull up a red light and you need to stop. And he'll make that clear. Amen? If you listen to him. But authorized. We are authorized by God. So what does all that mean? 1 Corinthians 2, it's, very, it's an amazing verse. It says this, which none of the princes of this world, the demons, Satan, himself, the fallen angels, all that, that's what it's talking about, which none of the princes of this world knew, knew, knew about the plan for Christ going to the cross to be crucified. None of them knew this. So in other words, Jesus tricked the devil. That's what he did. He tricked him to, to have him be crucified, an innocent one, an innocent one, which none of the princes of this world knew. For if they had known, this is in your Bible, it says this, if they had known the plan, they would have never crucified Christ. That's in the Bible. So in other words, Jesus, this was the plan all the while. It wasn't like Jesus was caught off guard. It wasn't like Jesus was, you know, hey, I was going to build an earthly kingdom here and everything was, you know, derailed and the devil came in and, and he just, he killed him. No, it was all planned. It was all planned. Wow. Somebody say amen. Because it says right here in the Bible, if they knew the plan, they would not have crucified him. Why, his death, his crucifixion, and his resurrection provided salvation for millions, and millions for all who will receive. For all who will receive. So the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus totally crushed Satan. Now, I'm going to go somewhere with this. Just, just hang on. Totally crushed Satan in his demon power. His demon power. <clears throat> now, my text in Colossians 2.15, Colossians 2.15, if you have that, read along. It says, in having spoiled principalities and powers, talking about Christ, what he did to the devil, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. So because of Christ's death, which was actually planned in his resurrection, Satan was totally defeated and stripped bare. We knew in the beginning in the Garden of Eden that when he came in and deceived Adam and Eve and, and, and that deception caused Adam to, to negate the authority that Christ, God gave him and Satan took in. He, had, he was authorized to come in and wreak havoc on mankind and there was no hope and we were doomed forever and there was no eternal life. We had eternal destiny of hell and damnation. That's why Jesus came to turn that around. 
How many see that? Say amen. And so, so because of this, he was totally defeated legally of Satan. <clears throat> because of the cross, them killing an innocent man without sin, the Bible says. He was sinless. And so how many know God is a righteous judge? He's a righteous judge. And, and so because of that, in his resurrection, Satan has been stripped, watch this, from his power over us. Satan has no, watch this, legal right over you. Oh, Pastor Mike, I, I got this addiction. I can't seem to break it. And he has no legal right over you. My dad was a gambler. My dad was a drunk. My dad, oh, my mom was this. You know what? I didn't have any parents that loved me and grew up. And they abandoned me, whatever. He has no legal right over a believer. Amen. 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 <laughs> That's a fact. I'm just sharing facts from the scripture. So meaning a true believer, those who are, who are born again, are born from above, they've been converted. If you've repented and you believe the good news, the Bible even says this, that the demons now recognize and know, and they say they believe, and it says that demons believe in God. They don't walk around thinking, they don't know who's in authority here. Demons, they don't, they don't have a concept that like, we don't know who Christ is. We don't know. They know exactly what happened. They know who is the authority and who is, who is in power. They know that. They know that. <clears throat> the Bible says that, if the, that, that even demons now believe and they tremble at the name. Amen. Some demons probably have more fear of God than some people. <laughs> Isn't that right? Even some Christians. Because they believe and know and they tremble. <clears throat> and they respect and know the name. Wow, our God is a mighty God. Can you say amen? amen? They're not going to heaven, though. So that just tells us it takes more than just having mental assent about your faith. Amen. amen. That was good. Amen. Just kind of, oh, it's a casual thing. Your faith should not be casual. You're either all in and you're all out. Amen. hope that woke up somebody here this evening. Uh, so, so the victory... What Christ did 2,000 years ago, this Good Friday, we celebrate, good to us, but it was an agonizing, brutal, excruciating pain. If you've seen The Passion, and you've seen some of these movies out there of the crucifixion, and I would imagine it was worse than even what mankind can create. The crucifixion, the Bible said that Christ was marred. His visions, his, 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 his whole form was marred to where they didn't even recognize who he was. He was so beaten for us, for you and I. And the Bible says that um, victory has been won. Amen? Victory. So there's, there's nothing we can add to, to, to that work that what Jesus did when, when Jesus uh, raised from the dead and how he defeated the enemy. Now, now in Colossians 2.15, 2, Paul, he portrays Jesus' victory as Satan is defeated. And he says that having spoiled, somebody shout spoiled. It says, spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly. In the Greek, actually, that word spoil refers to, watch this, an act of stripping one's garment off to the point of being completely naked. So when Jesus rose, he basically took everything that was put on Satan and stripped him naked. That's what it means that he spoiled. He spoiled. By using this word, spoil, the Holy Spirit tells us that when Jesus Christ rose from the dead, he totally plundered the enemy, Satan. Uh, quite literally, it actually means he spoiled principalities and power. Another translation would say it this way. He completely stripped 
principalities, powers, and he left them utterly naked with nothing left at their disposable disposal to which to retaliate. Oh, but Pastor Mike, I feel the pressure of the enemy. I feel defeated at times. We're going to talk about that in a moment here. Paul tells us that not only did he spoil, that Jesus rubbed this defeat in the devil's face. You know, we used to have a softball team, and we were actually really bad the first year. <laughs> Yeah, we went through the whole season. We didn't hardly win anything. It was the first season. And we had good players and all that, but, you know, you had to get in sync. And so then it comes for playoff, and they told us that you have elimination. If you lose a game, you're out, you know, or two, something like that. It shows how much I really know about the, the, the tournament. But it was a church league, and so, but uh, some of the language on that church league was different. Um, <clears throat> When, and so, so the playoffs, we didn't win anything the whole season, but then we started winning. And some of the best teams, I'll just say some denominational teams in this community, <laughs> we started beating them. <laughs> and they're walking around, some of them are throwing their bats and not saying things that are pretty. And I walked around and I talked to the team leader, I'm like, how come I'm winning? He goes, I don't know. <laughs> but we spoiled them. And we came to the end, first and second place. And the team that won, that beat us, uh, they were undefeated through the whole season. But we walked around like in second place. It was still good for us from being losers the whole season. <laughs> Amen? Well, that's just a little natural when we talk about how Satan, his face was just rubbed into the dirt. And God threw the biggest party of the universe ever when he stripped him. And then it goes on to say in Colossians 2.15, it says, having spoiled him, he made a show of him, literally. That word show actually means a display or to expose something. One commentator says this about that word. He said, it was used in classical Greek writings to denote the display of captives, weaponry, and trophies that were seized during war on foreign soil. And so, so one commentator says this, a little background, it says this on this word Show. Once the war was completed and the battle was won, the reigning emperor would return home and victoriously display and expose the treasures, the trophies, the weapons, the captives, and he had everything that he seized during his military conquest. He put them out in front of him and then he would just triumphantly let them go before him and he would just be laughing. That's what Christ did to the devil. Can you say amen? That's what he did. It was a grand moment of celebration. Christ was the victor. And that's why the Holy Spirit chose this word to let us know what Jesus did after he was finished plundering the enemy. And so when, they, when the resurrection was complete, the Bible says the enemy, the Bible says, was stripped bare to the core. And it says this, he made a show of them openly. Actually means confidence or boldness. And it was, friends, this was not a quiet thing that happened. This was a grandiose throughout the universe and the expanse celebration of what Christ did. Amen? And so that's why the Bible said Jesus made a show of them. It was something that was open. It was something that was loud. It was something that was exuberant. It was something that was exciting. How many want to see stuff like that today? Come on, amen? See God move. See God heal families. See God deliver. See God do miracles. Amen? He's still a miracle-working God. Amen? See, God's going to have the last word on this planet. He's going to have the last word in America, too. He's going to have the last word in our city. Amen? Amen? He's going to have the last word. And we're a part of that. You're a part of that. Can you say amen? 
And, but so, so then, then the verse continues, talks about triumphant, a triumphant parade. And once again, it was a, a magnificent uh, display of that, what Christ did in defeating the enemy. Okay, that's nice, Pastor Mike. But what about the trouble I'm going through in my life right now? If Satan is so defeated, hello, just look around. Do you see pain? Do you see suffering? Do you see sickness and disease wreaking havoc on people's lives? You see Christians even, you know, going through things that, 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 that are in their life. And it's like, where is this triumph? Where is this, this victory you talk about what Jesus did? We can shout amen about that when we leave the service. We got to go back to our lives. Am I speaking to anybody here tonight? What's going on? What's going on? <clears throat> Why then is there all this pain and suffering happening? If what Jesus did was so triumphal. And it's, at times it seems, it seems sometimes God is just indifferent to it all. I don't know. Like, like you could say, Satan, he's just, he's just running rampant. Right? I mean, have you ever pondered these things? You read something and the preacher preaches and he calls your Bible and it's like, well, that doesn't apply to me today. Listen, this does apply to us today. And, and if, if it's not in our life, there's a reason. It's not this fault. There's another, there's another disconnect. So I want to encourage you here this evening. I mean, if Jesus' death legally defeated Satan, why does Satan still just like roaming around, devouring, it seems like, whomever? Let me just say this. Friends, the battle is in your mind. I'm going to say that again. Some of you that just went over your head. The battle is in your mind. Jesus legally defeated Satan. That's a fact. Just There's many more scriptures. He legally crushed the head of Satan. But you see, Satan transitioned from having power over humanity in our lives to not having any power but the power of suggestion. So uh, you, you, why do you think people are in prison? It's like, okay, what happened to you? Why did you go into this convenience store with a gun? Why did you go do this? What? Well, I've heard voices. Come on, somebody. And these voices were telling me. And I was high on drugs. I was high on whatever. And, you know, and, and Satan came in. And through the power of suggestion, they go into a school. They kill kids. And they do demonic things. And you wonder, what's going on? That's the only power Satan has over our lives. It's the power of suggestion. That's why the battle in the mind is the greatest battle to overcome. He can't physically come and get you and take you and drag your soul to hell. No, he doesn't own you. He does it through seeds of deception. Come on. And, and, and he does it through the power of influence. And, and here's the thing. A lot of our suffering comes from, I'm going to say amen to this right now before I even say what I'm going to say. A lot of my suffering comes from whether it's painful, it's passion, desires, things that are against God's word, unholy things. Can I get an amen? You know, you go through a difficult time. Maybe you go through a divorce. There's an untimely death. There's something that seems unexplainable in the moment. And we can't connect the dots. And there's a disconnect here. And we say, you know what? And then we start, there's where that voice comes in. You can't trust this word. 
It's a bunch of goobly cock. You can't trust this. How is how are you going to build your? I need help today, but you can't base your life on what was. It's an old book. It's an see you know, all these authors that wrote. It's over two thousand years. That's how he gets in. So you question. You don't read. You don't study. You don't, can I speak to anybody here this evening? You don't pray. You, you know, if church, churches don't mean anything. Why would Hitler want to burn Bibles? Of any book you could burn, why would these people and leaders of countries want to take out in North Korea all Bibles, all Christianity, put Christians in concentration camps? Why? What threat is that? Do you know in the Library of Congress, I think they, if I get the stats, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I heard there's over 530 miles of books if you put them like end to end or something like that. And every single book in the Library of Congress you can read except one, and that's the Bible. It reads you. It's the only book that reads. Come on. Amen. That was good. Amen. It's the only book that reads you. When you open it up, oh my God, that's me. I've been thinking about, oh my, amen. It's the only book that reads you. That's why it's sold more than any other book published ever throughout history. The Word of God is alive. It's powerful. It's God's Word. Can I get an amen? i got to speed up here because we're going to receive communion. But here's the thing. Satan comes in. He's a deceiver. He's a liar. The Bible says in John 10, 10, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. How? He convinces people, watch this, to not have hope. Not have hope for the future. Listen, if you don't have hope for the future, that it's going to be brighter, that the old times are going to be better, well, then just drink and die and kill yourself, right? That, that's how people live. They just live. They live with despair. So all stealing, all destruction, I believe it all, the root of it comes from Satan. Now, we live in a fallen world, and there are things that are there that are fallen, and that ha how sin has come not only just in humanity, but on creation, you know, things that, that you have to be careful of. They're dangerous. But the Bible says in Acts 10, 3, Jesus went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So the mode of Satan is to produce fear, to cause us to question. He's, he, he wars in your mind. He wars in your mind. If he, and if you allow him, if you allow him, you know, I heard a, a situation of a, 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 young, a student uh, years ago that, was in school and surrounded by at that real influential age, 12, 13, 14, 15, and, 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 and she listened to what her friend said about her and her faith, and they mocked her, and it caused her to have a hard heart, and, and she, you know, she began to question things about God, because she, she listened to that voice, and, and then that voice would play as a record player in her mind, and, and it caused her to draw away and fall back about the things of God. Why? Because of the voice. The, the devil will use people. And they can see some things that are very hurtful. And that was the root and the seat of Satan. They, I'm not saying they're evil people, but they can be used. I mean, Peter was a great apostle, wasn't he? And in one moment, he says, what? You're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. And in the next moment, Jesus said, I'm going to the cross. Oh, not so, Lord. You're not going. And what does he do? He turns and he goes, get behind me, Satan. So he calls Peter, the great apostle, there was a demonic influence there. How many still with me say amen? amen? And so very quickly, Satan is the thief. And here's the thing. Even though Jesus, watch this, legally defeated Satan, total abolishment of all his authority and power over everything where he could affect people, from a legal standpoint, we know that he's a thief. And so it's the same 
reasons why we need to have police officers, even though we know there's laws that you can't steal. Come on, right? You can't break in an entry. You can't murder. You can't do these things. Those laws need to be enforced, right? So they need to be enforced. Somebody has to implement them. Somebody has to be authorized, right? Authorized with a uniform on and come in and say, you know, there's a dispute here. You're wrong. You're right. You're coming with me. You need to go be put away. Goes back to that word, but I talked about authorized, authorized. They need to be enforced. So too for you and I. We are God's enforcers of the truth in this word. If you don't open your mouth, if you don't step out, if you don't gain victory over all the issues in your past and the problems in this situation and that thing, you're going to be silenced. You will be inoculated as a believer. And you just be put on a shelf somewhere. It didn't that God didn't put you. You put yourself on a shelf somewhere. Dust collects. Come on, somebody, amen. And, and it, because of your thinking, your thinking. You know, I've known of people that have had horrible past. And then you see them, like even some, not in this church, but I've met murderers, people that went to prison that got out and they're on fire for God. Then I you know people that maybe tripped up or some small thing that's happened in their life. Not necessarily. Some may have been heavy. They never recover from that. Somewhere along the line, the enemy said, no, you're useless. You're no good. And they were defeated. They didn't understand Christ's righteousness. Somebody with me, say amen. So what am I saying? Enforcers. You are authorized by God. We are the salt in the light of this earth. I would not want to live on this earth with all the Christians gone. Uh, amen. I would be. I would not want to be on this planet. But we are the staying force of righteousness. We are the staying force on this planet. You are. We are. So, no, in other words, <clears throat> if we don't speak, nothing will happen. Oh, Pastor Mike, God's sovereign. He's sovereign. You know what? I am just really stirred about North Korea and what's been happening. I've been reading books about it and and it started another one, and it just I'm just so, the, the hell on earth right now is North Korea, that, that one, one, if you can pick a nation. And this has been going on for 70 years. It's crazy. And the torment, over 200,000 people in a number of these concentration camps, which the government says don't exist, but they have satellite imagery, and they have people that have escaped from them, and they write books about this. And I just think of, you know, it's savage what's taking place. You know what? That needs to turn around. That regime has come around and said, oh, that's crazy. He didn't know what he's talking about. Listen, I said that decades ago about Russia in Ukraine. And how many remember that? Russia and Ukraine, superpower, all that, the fear of them. You could never go there to preach the gospel. Hey, I was there 13 times in 12 years and preached in schools that uh, the, 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 the Russian... Uh, a government used to propagate communism in kids, and we shared the gospel. Kids received Christ. There's a move of the Spirit. Churches are being built. Why? They collapsed. Prayer went up. You know, our prayer needs to go up more for North Korea, because I think it's coming down. In less than 60 months, that nation's going to open up. And I want a flag in our church in North Korea. Oh, Pastor Mike, I don't know about that. Will you let us go in there and clear the ground and you can come in after? Amen? Uh, because why? Jesus is coming in. He loves those people. 
He loves them anyhow. But we're authorized. What am I trying to say? You know what? I even feel that too, even as our church. I'm just going to say it. You know, we're here now. We're starting our building. Hallelujah. Amen. Moving forward. We're excited. Words out. It's in the paper. Everything else. You know, the church of harvest building. Let it fly. Let it happen. But you know what? Our children's children could be missionaries. Your grandchildren could be a missionary in, in North Korea. And you're sitting here now thinking, oh, that pastor's crazy. But he talked about it, and it stirred something in someone's heart, and they became a missionary. Or, or they started a company, and they, they had a lot of affluence and wealth. And you know what? They didn't go preach the gospel around the world, whatever. No, but they gave huge amounts of funds for the kingdom of God in the local church, and they helped further. That's, that's the kingdom also. Okay, you need to understand. It's everyone working together. Everyone working in their grace. Amen. Amen. I, I got to quit here. I got I to quit. So are you getting something here? You are in forces. We are authorized. You are authorized by God. Authorized by God to destroy the works of the enemy, to enforce that victory. Luke 10, 19 says, I give you power, exousia, the right to rule over all the works of the enemy. So the question tonight is, are you ruling? Are you ruling in your life? You say, Pastor Mike, I have all this trouble and tribulation. And listen, if you, watch this, if you are standing for righteousness and, and you're not off doing something goofy in rebellion or whatever, and you know, you're in deep into sin and disobedience, I'm not talking about that, but you're standing for righteousness. You're, you're trying to walk circumspect before the Lord. Amen, somebody? Right? You know what? Then you're in the right place. If you've got trouble, if you've got tribulation, if you've got heartache, you're doing the right thing. Amen. Otherwise, the devil's going to leave you alone. He just, he just he's, he does not like things moving forward for the kingdom of God to be established. So if you're, if you're facing tribulation, trouble, difficulty, you're standing for righteousness, and you know what? You're ruling. I said you're ruling. Amen? And so as I conclude, I, wanna, I just want to challenge you with this. You have permission by God to be an enforcer. Watch this. Even young kids. Some of young kids grab a hold of this. You have permission by God to take this victory, this legal victory, and say, Lord, here am I. I heard of a missionary, uh, I think it's with the assemblies for many years, 50 years, and he was in a service, another missionary is preaching. And that missionary told a story. And he said, he said, and he said, my dad used to have uh, 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 people in the house all the time, traveling ministers. And, and, and my mom used to have that too. And they pastored a church. They just stay in the house. And you could hear stories. Now, there's, you know, we don't have that. <clears throat> but, but he said that, that, that there was a little boy there. He was 12 years old. And he was in the service. And he write, he, he, he's listening to this missionary share the story. And the offering plate came by. And he said, Lord, I don't have anything. I'm I have nothing. <clears throat> back in the 40s. And so he said, I don't have anything. So he took the plate and he, and he put it on the ground. I'm not going to step on the Bible, but he stepped in the plate. And he said, Lord, I have nothing, but I'm going to give you me. 50 years later, that man traveled throughout all the world, preaching the gospel. God used him. Why? Because God is after our hearts. He's after our hearts. Can you say amen? amen. Stand with me if you would, please. There's a, we're going to receive communion. And ushers, you can prepare for that. But there's a video. It's just a couple minutes long. It's the scene from The Passion. And, <clears throat> and I've said all that here tonight as we prepare for communion. Some of you just feel overburdened. And the word I feel God is saying to tell you tonight, literally, just to declare for those who are here and those who listen online, 
those of you listening on Facebook, is that sometimes the burden seems too heavy, but God always will send somebody to help along the way. Did you hear that? If your heart is right, say, Lord, I'm doing the best I can, walking this walk of faith, but I I just need some help. The weight is heavy. This is a scene in this video uh, about a man named Simon, Simon of Cyrene. There's a couple of verses, and it says, as they went out, they found a man of Cyrene, Simon, and they compelled this man to carry his cross. And Luke 23 says, and they led him away. They seized one. In other words, they snatched this guy. Why did they have this guy carry Jesus' cross? You know why? It's a simple truth. It was too heavy. The burden was too heavy for Jesus. I thought that was interesting. You know, that he, because I think on average that the distance was about a mile, between a mile and a half from Jerusalem to Golgotha. After all that beating, after all that, what happened to him? He's carrying that and he collapses under the weight. Go ahead, show the video. Burden too heavy. Even Jesus needed someone to come alongside. Every head bowed here this evening, if you would, please. Friends, God has others in the future here, I believe, to come alongside to help you in your faith journey. I just feel tonight to say that supernatural help is on its way. Supernatural help. Some of you are dealing with so many issues that you have within your heart. They're so heavy. There may be family issues. There may be work issues. Maybe they're marital issues. And as you think, I, I feel like a, I'm ready to pop the tea kettle. And Jesus is saying, you know what? I know what that's like because there was a point carrying that cross. It was too heavy for me. And even though Simon came, they made him. God can make people come along your pathway <laughs> and help you relieve things in your life. Even if they're unwilling, God will use anybody. And so I just feel to say that for some of you here tonight, you may seem, well, the burden is too heavy. Even Jesus needed someone to come alongside to help him reach that destiny. It was going to happen, no doubt, but I think this is a picture for us all. It's in the Bible. And so you need to be encouraged in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you here tonight with every head bowed. He said, Pastor, burden's heavy. And it's heavy because I haven't really truly surrendered my life to Christ. The Bible says, now is the time. Today is the day of salvation. What a beautiful day, this Good Friday, for you to make a decision in 2021. Christ is your Lord and Savior. Once again, it's not mental assent. It's not just think, well, I acknowledge God. The Bible says that we must first repent and receive Christ into our life. Confess with our mouth. Believe in our heart. The Bible promises us that we will be born again. Most all of you here tonight are here because you are believers. Perhaps maybe somebody's listening online. Maybe there is someone here tonight. You've really, you've slid back. You're not wholeheartedly following the Lord. This is a great night for you to give your life to Christ. Can we pray together corporately as I lead you into prayer? And if this is where you're at, Make this your declaration here tonight. For me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, 
tonight. I make a decision to receive Jesus into my life. Jesus, I believe you died on that cross for my sin. Jesus, forgive me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Purify my mind. Purify my heart. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. In Jesus' name.